0: Four of uh, the One Man Ride podcast. As always, I am your host, Michael Ward. Um, so we're doing it on Wednesday now. This is uh, I'm, I'm recording on Wednesday. Somehow Mondays just don't seem to work for me. A lot of times I've been traveling all weekend or doing something, and it's it's like you have to sort of get your 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 bearing straight. Usually, uh, I need to do the stuff around the house. So I think Wednesday is my is my prime day. Plus, I know a lot of podcasts come out on Monday, and I don't want to be a part of the crowd. I'd like to be my own um, person. So, uh, Wednesday. So, today is Wednesday, and we're episode four uh, of the podcast. And uh, I was all excited to do this podcast. Um, And then, (laughs) uh, as, as any of you may know, um that i drive everywhere uh, i have a dodge durango srt it's a very fast powerful car i've really put a lot of miles on it it's a 2018 and i put 74000 miles on it that's how much i drive uh, i i don't drive anywhere except to lacrosse games and tournaments so i guess they're all highway miles um but to buy brakes and buy tires is thousands and thousands of dollars. Which, okay, fine. That's a part of life. You know, hey, I enjoy the car. I have a good time, and and that's the cost of doing business, so they say. Um, so the good thing is, is I have a neighbor whose son is like a mechanical genius, like literally, like a genius. Um, he goes to college for engineering mechanical engineering he's been working in body shops and and car dealerships since he was 16 he's sold he has sold probably 50 cars from his driveway like he buys them fixes them up in his car garage and sells them he's 19 years old uh but this kid knows what he's doing so he's got my car um he just came and got it today he was just about to do my brakes um So I could go on the road tomorrow, which is what I was planning on. So I just got the call right before um, recording, and it was, uh, we need to talk. You know, and you never like to hear that. That's never a good sign. And he said the rotors and everything need to be done. He needs to order different rotors directly from Mopar. I said, go ahead and do it. And then he said the front end of your car, your tires, are wearing very unevenly, and I said, "Okay, I knew it was driving a little weird. I thought it was, I, I need new tires." He's like, "Yeah," I, he's like, "It's a little funky," and I said, "That's not great." And he said, uh, "So I told him, take it on the car, take take a drive, and see what he thinks and what sh- what what my my what I should do about it." And uh, so that's what he's doing right now. And as I said, he said, his last words he said to me on the phone, he's like, well, if you were planning on driving anywhere, I don't think I'd take a long drive right now. Which, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that tomorrow I'm planning on driving to Cleveland. On Friday, I'm planning on driving from Cleveland to Cincinnati. Uh, haven't debated if I'm going to drive home Friday night from Cincinnati back to Indy or get a room, stay the night in Cincy and go from Cincy to Detroit, from Detroit to Fort Wayne. So when he says it's probably not a good idea to drive, I said, well, I have this going on. So he's out tooling around in my car right now. He's checking everything out. He's seeing what's going to go on. And I said, here's what the breakdown I want. Tell me if I need to buy a new car today. If we need to trade this one in, if it's past, it's, you know, if it's not worth it anymore, putting money, if I'm putting, you know, putting a lot of money into a car with 74,000, 73,000 miles, or if it's time to trade it in and get another car, which I've done countless times. Um, I mean, I do it. I used to just get a new car every two years. Um, I've really enjoyed this car. I've had it for, oh yeah, probably three, three years a little over three. Um, but so I would probably have to go and see, uh, see my friend over at, uh, Mankari in, uh, in Chicago, who's Leonard Mankari. He's my buddy and see what he could do for me if I have to do that. So that's what, that's what proceeded uh, this, um, episode. Anyway, there goes the life of my car. Uh, I talk about it a lot because it 's fun I mean I smile when i 'm driving i I get a kick out of it I enjoy it, and that makes the drive a lot better for all these journeys so okay so that that ends that but now let 's do um i 'm going to do the my 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 weekly uh rankings uh midwest rankings um, last week, of course, there was some pushback and you know, some people upset. Again, it's I'm just some dude who happens to watch a lot of games. And these are my opinions. They don't mean anything. None of the rankings mean anything. I have to tell everyone this. No ranking means anything. The one thing that means something is the championship at the end of the year. That's the one that means something. Now, playing other teams and in a harder schedule that 's going to help probably at the end of the year. Um, I talked to coaches all week i 've talked to high school coaches I talked to college coaches uh, I talked to high school coaches last night. I was talking to probably five different high school coaches last night um, about this or that about the traveling, about coming to their games about a game that happened last night, about a game that happened the other day, things like that. Um, I will say this: when I talk to uh, I, I talked to Coach Sean McGinnis from Archbishop Moeller, and you know I, I look at his schedule, and he started out. They've started out well. I think they're four and zero right now, five and zero. They're coming to play Cathedral here on Saturday, I believe. They haven't had that good of luck against Cathedral over the last few years, but you know Moeller usually plays a strong schedule. They they try to play other teams out of state. They try to mix it up. You know, they, they try to go for out of the comp, uh, as much competition as possible. And as he says, and I think he said it last night, he said, we played 14 games against the hardest competition we can or 12 games against the hardest competition to win six straight games. He's got the idea. It's about the last six games. It's not about the first ten. <laughs> Those first 10 are priming you, getting you ready. You experiment, you learn, you, lose, you win, you lose. You know how to get over certain things for those last games, the playoffs, where it matters. I mean, if we look at Gonzaga, do you think they wanted to have their first loss in the championship? You know, they always like to say, like, oh, it, was, it might be better to get that loss early, so you learn how to deal with the adversity. So that's, that's where some of my rankings come from. That's where some of my ideas about teams come from, but nevertheless, here is my week two, second week rankings. Oh, by the way, just to say, I think uh, Illinois and Minnesota are online. Let's let's call it online. I think they officially their season officially started uh, with practices yesterday, today, no oh, Monday. Uh, So hopefully we'll start seeing some games soon. Uh, Wisconsin, I think, starts April twelfth. Michigan started last week. There's some games going on. I know there's some issues in Michigan. Uh, I've got a lot of messages about that that I probably won't be able to go to some. Again, it's some teams, some schools are different than others. I've gotten messages from some people. I'm not going to be able to go watch a game in Michigan at this school. Other schools have said or other places have said oh no you can come here different things so I don't really know what's the story with Michigan Uh, I know they're dealing with some stuff right now and I know it's been a state that's that's uh, had issues with 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 COVID and protocols and how it's been handled Um, again if you follow me on Twitter you're following probably a lot of different um, lacrosse entities or personalities from different states and you'll see the breakdown in some of the I guess, the vitriol or the complaints and comments and whatever. And it's a, it's a touchy subject. I will tell you this. Uh, just to go back to when I, when I went back um, to Michigan for a Juice Cherries practice early in the summer. God, was it yeah, spring or summer last year? Uh, I took a picture of the boys playing, posted it, and said, hey, great to see this is going. The picture got retweeted. And reposted like something like a hundred thousand times it was sent to the mayor or the governor of of New York, the Governor of New Jersey, the Governor of Pennsylvania, the Governor of Michigan, and it was saying things like, "If they could practice in Michigan, why't this was just my picture then the, Then the messages came i 'm killing kids um, How can you allow that to happen like people just unhinged, sending me dms saying I'm advocating for children to kill grandparents and all this stuff. Again, like crazy, crazy stuff. That's half the reason why I sort of pulled back away from Twitter, because I'm like, I don't, I don't need this. I was just taking a picture of some kids playing lacrosse. I was happy about it. I didn't want to have to deal with any of that. So anyway, seems like that's happening a little bit again, as some of the messages I've received. Um, and if that's the case, it's the case. I'm not going to go and go crazy and push it. I don't, you know, there's other places I can go. The beautiful thing is there's a lot of the live streams now, and that could save me a lot of time, and I still get to watch the games. So hopefully it all works out. It might change my whole weekend, this weekend. Um, so bite my car. So that's, that's a different thing. All right, so looking at my rankings of week two. Again, number one is still Saint X of Kentucky. They are five and two. Uh, they have uh, victories against uh, Springboro from Ohio and Trinity, their biggest rival Montgomery bell those are I'd say those are the three big victories. They have two losses. they lost to Culver eight to five and they just lost to IMG twelve to six i 'm not even sure if they're fully healthy right now again, this team is stacked. you don't want to play them if you 're planning on trying to have a win. Uh, they are strong. They, uh, and I don't know how strong their schedule is going forward. I know uh, they they have a, I would say that they're going to win Kentucky. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. All right, number two is Brother Rice. I had number two, I had Brother Rice number four last week just because they had their first game, it was a six to five victory uh, over HSE of Indiana, uh, which was a great game, like we've talked about last week. Then they then they won, they beat De La Salle uh, sixteen to one, and his brother Rice. I know all the players on that team. I know every kid on that team. That team is stacked. That being said, they got. Quite a schedule they 're playing Saint Ignatius this weekend in uh in Ohio in Cleveland that 's tomorrow night that 's the one i 'm supposed to go to um, Saint Ignatius the record might not show it is a strong, strong team so that 's going to be a nice that 's going to be a great game for both of them uh, I think. I think maybe the rust got knocked off a little bit with Brother Rice. You could see the full, the full fury of Brother Rice that I'm hoping to see. Uh, St. Ignatius, I'm hoping to see some of the things that they were weak on. I'd like to see them clean up. Um, it should be very interesting. Brother Rice also has Heartland on Saturday. Heartland is a school that's been talked about to me for two years. Um, they're the up and comer. The up and comer. That's great. Now you have. To, now you're actually showing up. So the Heartland Brother Rice game is one to keep an eye on. They still have Saint X of uh, of uh, Cincy, Forest Hill Central, uh, uh, Country Day, or I mean Detroit Catholic Central. Um, Brother Rice has a tough schedule. If I had to bet my money on it, I'm saying Brother Rice runs the table again. Just that's. Again, my opinion, that's why I have number two. Number three, I have Dublin Jerome. I think I had them number two last last week. Yes, I did. I had them number two. Uh, They dropped down in my book to number three, not because of anything they did. Um, They have, well, I'd say they have one strong victory against St. Ignatius. They beat them 20 to 15. Um, Again, St. Ignatius is a very good team. Dublin Jerome beat them 20 to 15. Uh, They're 4 0. I don't think the teams, no offense to the other teams, I don't think the teams, the other three teams that Dublin Jerome played are the strongest teams going. Um, I say that because Dublin Jerome scored 87 goals in four games and has 20 goals against, and 15 of those goals were by St. Ignatius. So it would be a 67. Uh, to five of the other three games. So when you start seeing margins of victories like that, that's not because one team is so much better. Well, it might be because one team is so much better, the other team isn't as good. That's And that's what happens in the Midwest, and that's there's not a lot of depth. So that's why I gave Dublin Jerome a little knock. Springboro is at four. I had Springboro at three. So the only thing that happened was Brother Ice jump. So Springboro still three and one. Uh, they beat uh, Saint X of, of of Ohio, and they beat Liberty. And again, Olentangy Liberty had a lot of preseason hype. Um, they're struggling right now, but still, that's a victory. I give that. I mean, I'm still saying that they lost to Saint X Kentucky. No, you know, that, that there's nothing to sneeze at there. Um, so Spring Barrels there, HSC from Indiana, still number five for me. Uh they're three and one. Their only loss being um to uh a close game to brother rice. Uh, they beat Carmel, who has a very athletic, very athletic and, and can score a lot team. Actually after the after HSC um, and I think I said this last week, after HSC Brother Rice I looked back at the Carmel game and said, oh, you know what, maybe this offense is better because HSE's defense is really that good. Uh, they also beat Forest Hill Central, uh, and and so they're, they're, that's a good—believe me when I tell you this is a good team. Maybe a lot of people in the Midwest haven't heard of them, but here's what they have coming up. They go back-to-back next week, next week against— Olin Liberty and Dublin Jerome. I think the same day. I think on the 17th. I think they're going one game and then two hours later. So we will get a good idea of what HSE is all about. We will get a good idea and see where Jerome and Liberty are all about because that's a legit defense they're going to be playing. Um, unfortunately, I, sh- I probably won't be there because I'm planning on going to a college visit with my son to Alabama. And also going to the spring game at Alabama at the same time. You know, if you want to if, I'm guessing if if I want them to go there and I want him to see what it's like, I guess the spring game is probably the best time to play, to bring them there. So I will be out of commission next weekend. Uh, number six, I have MICDS at 4-0. Uh, MICDS has talent, they could play. You know, they've outscored opponents 69 to 17. That's not their fault. But in my mind, that's also hurts them, in my mind. Um, they have a game uh, at the end of April against Upper Arlington. That's going to be a great one. That is going to be that. I will. That's when you can sit there and say, okay, is this team for real, or are they feasting on lesser talent? We don't know. Upper Arlington is a heavyweight battle. Coming in at number seven, Upper Arlington. I had them as another to watch last week. Um, But they are 4-0. They've got uh, 59 goals for them, 4 and and 14 against. I don't want to say that... I'm not sure if they've played the hardest schedule yet, but Upper Arlington is a well-coached... It's a team. When I say it's a team... They stay together in the spring. They stay together in the summer. They stay, they, they keep together. My favorite part about high school sports, that this is a team. You don't need to sit there and say, I've got 12 D1 players. We're a team, and that, and that always usually bodes well. Um, they did beat Western Reserve 12-6, to 6, which sent shockwaves. My phone blew up. Um, I think it was on the night of the national championship. I thought, I thought my so much so that I thought my, uh, cable or, you know, online I watched. I have, you know, online TV and I thought I was behind and I'm like, wait, did the game end? And I'm watching it with, but it was about, it was about the, uh, Western reserve. Now again, Western reserve, I, again, I don't put them in these rankings because they can't play first a state championship just like Culver, but I don't think they're Culver by any means. I think, if, I think in the future they can be, I think they, they will be there. I don't think they're there yet. They struggled already with, with um, St. Ignatius. They won by one goal in overtime and they beat St. Ed's by one. um, now again, I don't know how good St. Ed's is. I know that they, I know they're a lot better this year, and I know St. Ignatius, St. Ed's, is going to be a great game. So you don't again. Is Upper Arlington that good because they beat Western Reserve? Are they that good because they are Upper Arlington and they play as a team? They have Shea Keithler, who, um who is a great face-off kid. Um, I mean, great and. I've heard from so many people about, like, this is the best they've seen. He's the best in Ohio. He's the best in the Midwest. He might be one of the best in the country. I know this, that I've had four D1 coaches, assistant coaches, reach out to me asking about him and saying, is he this good? And I said, from, from everything that I've heard, that he's the legit real deal. So we will keep an eye on him, and um, that's great. I mean, again, he could make a difference in a game. Uh, so those are the teams that have played. And, again, I still know of other teams that are going to be good that they haven't played yet. Do you punish them for not playing? I'm putting them in the bottom of my ranking right now. That's, again, Loyal Academy, New Trier, and Benild St. Margaret. Um, I don't think Loyola and Nutria could leave the state. They're going to be able to play each other. I said that last week. Benil St. Margaret. I think sort of the same thing. I've heard there might be a chance that uh, Illinois could play out of state or they could get teams in state. That will change things around. I know that there is a lot of coaches who are looking for more games. So um, maybe there could be um, something made up there. Now, there are so many teams that could be right here in this in this talk. Um, I'm just looking. I'm, Ohio. So uh, Ohio, we have in the in the top, in my top ten. I have three teams from Ohio: Dublin, Jerome, Springboro, Upper Arlington. Well, Moeller, Saint Ignatius, Saint X, Liberty, Kaufman—they could all be there. That's five more teams. That's eight. Pretty damn good teams in one state. Like I said, it's a big state, three big cities, but still, that's a lot of talent. That's depth. That's, that's where you want to start going with the rest of the country, or with with, with the rest of the Midwest. Uh, I still have Prior Lake um, from Minnesota's in there. Uh, Detroit Catholic Central, they're not in my top 10 this week. They lost their first game in overtime. Maybe a flukish goal, but still... Um, There's been questions about Catholic Central. They lost their first game to East Grand Rapids, who is no slouch. Again, East Grand Rapids is a state champion. I think two of the last four years, they got a tough defense and they got some players. So again, uh, there's another one. Catholic Central, Heartland, those are D1. D2 in Michigan is loaded. Forest Hills Central, East Grand Rapids, Forest Hills each. Detroit Country Day. All these teams could be here at the end of the year. Uh, I don't know the feeling yet. Um, Then there's Shawnee Mission East. Uh, They got some nice players. I don't think they played. uh, I think they suffer from the MICDS thing where I can't really say, oh, are they in the top 10? Because I don't think they play a top 10 schedule. Not their fault. It seems like they're playing every day, too. They're 7-1 and one already. I mean, they're playing all the time. Um, I know that they're trying to still work on some games. I'd love to see an MICDS Shawnee Mission East game. That's what I'd like to see. I'd like to go out there for that uh, to somewhere. Um, that would be great. I don't know if they can, again, what the rules are and whatever, but I'd love to see that game. Uh, then I'm putting in this week Carmel. Uh, that's a team that can score on you and they're athletic. And if you make a mistake against them, they're going to capitalize on it. They're not there yet. They have some, uh, holes, but it'll be interesting to see because Cathedral has dropped out of my other teams. They Cathedral has some holes that they need to work on, uh, And if I had to say right now, I would say in the Cathedral-Carmel game, which is a very big rivalry, that right now I'm leaning towards Carmel. Um, That will be the last game of the year before the playoffs, I think, for Cathedral. I think Carmel might have two games after, so that's a big game. That's a very big game in the state of Indiana. Lake Forest in Illinois is another team that can come out and shock people. They have a lot of talent. So there is my second week of um, rankings. Remember, these are my rankings. They're not anybody else's rankings. Uh, I don't comment on other rankings. Those are theirs. That's why I never count on them. You know, I know what it's like. That's their opinion. This is my opinion. You know, who knows what it means. Um, What I will say, so what I've noticed the last, this year, is really, really, really sloppy play. Even from really good teams. I mean, even from Culver. Sloppy play. Um, I think the year off has really hurt. And that's a shame. I think the year off, I think the year off is going to have a ripple effect for a couple years. I think, I think it might have discouraged some new kids to try it. Uh, I, think, um, I don't think the sticks were picked up as much as they probably should have been. Um, just the fundamentals, the fundamentals of the game, catching and throwing, um, the IQ, you just, again, I've seen it everywhere. Good teams, bad teams everywhere. It's just, it just doesn't look strong right now. And it's, and it's hard to something to fix in, in season. It's up to the individual player hitting the wall, hitting the wall, catching and throwing. As I used to say to my son, the most important thing is catching. You can't score if you can't catch. If you drop, if you get four passes to score and you drop two of them, you just cut your chances down scoring half. But if you catch them all, you still have a chance. Um, And I'm seeing that. Here's the one thing that I keep seeing is when they're trying to work it around, when they try to work the ball around, I, I don't think I've seen many that can throw it four, get four in a row. I've seen the ball thrown away more times this year than I, I, I recall in the last few. And again, I chalk it up to the year off, the lack of stick skills. Now, here's what happens. When that starts happening, it starts relying on the one-on-one game, the I'm going to run through six people, which just doesn't work. Uh, and then it looks bad and whatever. It, it, it gets frustrating. Um, on the flip side... As I watch this, I mean, I'm hoping this, you know, more play and and everyone's playing more, it'll get better, which it should. Uh, I look and I say, why doesn't every team in the Midwest play a zone defense? I I, I don't understand it. Um, Force the teams to actually throw the ball around uh, or to shoot from outside. Because I don't see a lot of great outside shooters. I see a lot of guys running in through three, four people trying to shoot it from three yards out. Uh, this is something that I've noticed. And I sit there and I say, why won't they play his own D?" Um, I think East Grand Rapids plays his own D. I think Glenbrook North in Illinois plays his own D that just befuddles all the other team. I know some coaches don't like zone Ds because they think it's sort of giving up. And I want to say to them, this is high school. You're playing for a championship. You do what you have to do to win the championship. If you win 2-0, to zero, you still won. Syracuse plays a zone defense that confuses everybody in basketball. So I just don't understand why a zone D doesn't pop up more. Um, I mean, granted, some some teams have just absolute studs on D and you could say go out and just maul people I would like to just throw zone D in there just to throw it off I mean just to when you're just as a here here's another look so that's just one of the things that you know I'm noticing uh throughout this part of the season already now granted teams haven't even started playing Illinois Minnesota hasn't started playing Wisconsin hasn't started playing it's still early it's still April these are just things that I've seen Um, I'm telling you when I've seen it, even with Culver and I've seen what happens now, granted you have Ty English who is taking the ball by himself and running through two or three people and scoring and Jack Gray. I mean, one's going to North Carolina, one's going to Duke, but even it's not the same team fundamental. The last time I watched Culver. You know that ball used to whip around the infield or the, the field like it was nothing. But back and I mean it was be- it was a thing of beauty, and they don't seem to be having going with that right now. And you can tell they're not they're not walloping teams. They're struggling a little bit for for Culver for one of the best teams in the country. And if they're struggling with the same thing, the teams here are also struggling, and you can see it. Um, so. It's all about, a lot of it is incumbent on the player themselves to hit the wall. It's so important. Wall, ball, hitting, using a rebounder, playing catch. Just the simple thing of playing catch. getting. You, you, I don't think lacrosse is a sport you can just pick up a stick every week and go play. I think it's a skill that needs to be worked on and honed. And I think there are some kids who are so athletic who may be hockey players and football players and play lacrosse. There's a difference. You could be a lacrosse player, or you could be a football player or a hockey player or even a basketball player or a wrestler who plays lacrosse. And they don't pick up the stick, and they just count on their athleticism. And I think that happens a lot. I think that happens a lot here in the Midwest, and um, it shows sometimes. So it's up to the players to do it. I don't expect a high school coach to take an hour and a half practice, which I think a lot of them, that might be the extent of it, and say, hey, we're working on catching and passing today. When they're trying to put in an offense or a defense or or a scheme versus the other team, I don't think they could. it's up to the player that they have to do that on their own. Get there early, do what you ever do. That's, I guess, my soapbox. I guess that's um, probably one of the things that I've always said, you have to work on your own game. Um, also, so when I think of that, when I, when I, when I watch the fundamental breakdown and I watch it, I start seeing, uh, it almost looks like it reverts to summer ball club lacrosse and club lacrosse and high school lacrosse in my mind are two different animals. Um, High school, you play for the team. You play for the name on the front. On the club, you play for the name on the back. You are going there to get looked at. You are going there to... You're paying money, very good money in most cases, and traveling and spending money to, for most part, is to figure out if you're going to play at the next level. You will know really quick, where you stand in the scheme of things when you play teams from all over that are basically all-star teams. And that could put you in, it, it could it could slot you. So when I see the play now, I go, oh, this looks like a club team. I don't think that works for high school. I don't like seeing that. Now going to club, that's where you need to shine. Um, so I put out a, I put out a, uh, tweet this week, a a poll, because as I said, I get asked, and this is now the time that I'm getting asked because I've been seeing um, flyers and, and, and ads and things get ready to try out for this club, this club, this club, this club. And so I get a lot of parents from all over the Midwest reaching out to me and asking, what are my thoughts on a club or this, 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 this? And I always say to them, What is it that you are looking for? Um, Because when you know what you want, then you can sit there and say, oh, this team might do this, this team might do this. I never say anything bad about a team to say you shouldn't play for them. But there are some teams that do things differently. And... I get a kick out of it because I'll just tell you, so I, so there were, I mean, let's 300 and something, 344 people responded, and 50% said improve skill. 2% said win tournaments. Uh, college recruitment, 30%, and then having fun, 18%. I'm going to call absolute BS on all of these. First of all, college recruitment should be a lot higher, because that's what I know, I've been around clubs for 10 years. I have been around club lacrosse for 10 years. Uh, My son has played for three different teams. I have gone and watched other clubs. I have gone to tournaments just to watch the tournaments. I've stood on sidelines with parents from all over the country. And every conversation we always have is, what college do you think my son could go to? Nothing wrong with that. Have no problem with that. That's great. I think it's great. The improved skill, again, there are some teams that don't even practice. They are tournament teams. You go, some of them, you go and meet the players on your team at the tournament. So you're not learning to improve skill. So that's 50% of the people who said that. Well, so I'm not buying that. And again, a lot of improving skill is improving the skill in, on your own. You have to have your stick in your hand at all times. You know if your kid is a D one player if that stick never leaves his hands, like they're sleeping with it. They're up. They're walking around. They're past. That's the love of the game. Some kids don't. Some kids are just good, and they could do it. The two percent of in this this um, poll that I did, two percent win in winning tournaments. I literally have written here on my paper, win tournaments, 2% complete bullshit. And I'll tell you why that is. Because all summer long, I get tweets, I get DMs. Look at what our tournament did, look what we won this tournament, we won this tournament, we won this tournament, we won this tournament, all summer long. I kid you not, every single time, we we won this, we won this, we won this, we won this. And I'm going, who cares? I don't say it to the parents because, hey, their son played in it. They had a good time. Great. That makes me happy. But don't sit there and say, oh, no one cares about winning tournaments because that's all I get. I get a lot of videos, and we won this tournament. We won it, and we beat everybody by 20 goals. And I said, you're in the wrong tournament. You're not playing to the level of what you should be. And again, this is what I talk about when I say, what are you looking for? Do you want your son to go and play for a team that is blowing people out winning tournaments? Does that make them better? Do you think college coaches don't see the level of play, the level of teams they go against? I know this. When I get videos, and I send videos, and I get videos, and I talk to coaches about videos, they literally say, who, who are they playing? Like, this is, like... I know coaches who have actually been like, why am I watching this? Show me a good – so you'll know this on some videos, they show like what team they're playing. Some videos they actually show the kid that they might have made a play against. I know some coaches hate that too. Uh, I've had that conversation with – I think Coach Chris Garland and I talked about it. He's like, yeah, I don't like that where you're saying, I went against this kid Hopkins commit. Uh, I, I, I I'm – ambiguous to it either way I mean I think that shows how you can do it especially in these Under Armour tournaments I mean that's those are great so when I say what kind of team and you say this this and this is that the honest answer I have flat out told people and I'm going to use a team as a um example and this isn't a I am not promoting I am not um trying to say anything bad about them, but I'm going to say this one team because I have said this over and over and over again about this team. Because I get a lot of questions about this team. Juice Cherries. My son played there for two years. I know a lot of kids who have played there. I have been around uh, the Kenny family. I have been around Chris Garland. I have been around their coaches. I am a huge fan of the Juice Cherries program. Huge it's not for everybody. It is not for everybody. It is a very, well, for lack of a better word, it's a it's cutthroat type of environment. You are trying to go against some of the best kids who are trying out for that team. And if you can't hack it and you happen to make the team and you're one, you might, the kids might be a little tough on you. I know this, they aren't, they aren't holding your hand. When you're on that team, you're on that team, and you're listening to them, and this is how they do it, and they're going to make you into the player that you should be, and they're going to go to bat for you, and they're going to give you the coaching and talk to college coaches for you, and they're going to be completely and utterly honest with you. So much so that a lot of parents probably don't like the honesty because it isn't what they thought in their head. And as I've said, Chris Garland wants... The, I think the reason why I've always had Chris Garland on my show is because a couple years ago, he gave a speech about playing in college. And it was the most inspiring speech that I've ever heard. He sat there in front of a room full of parents and kids and gave this speech and basically laid it out. And I, I, I actually like had a tear in my eye. I was so impressed that the honesty was so real that I said, this is the kind of guy that I'd follow anywhere. This is the kind of guy that I want having my kid. Not every parent likes that. Not every parent doesn't like to be told the absolute truth about their kid. Some parents like to be told that their kid's playing D1. There are teams that will tell you that at nine years old. These guys won't. I can tell you there's probably been kids who Jake Kenny has said, you're not a D1 player, and the kid quit and they 've come back and said, "Oh I'm, you know, we, we played on another team. we realized it so again, but again that 's not for everyone. Now they have started another program, I think great Great Lakes, which I think is more of a development type of league that 's going to play more in the midwest that 's going to have more that 's going to be more about developing the players and and building the Midwest into a stronger brand to go along with the, the project Midwests um, with that coalition of of resolute and l4 and project missouri and alpha which is i've said from day one is one of the best things that's ever happened is these are groups of teams that are working together in the midwest so you don't have to make these travel things because as this grows coaches will be forced to come here to watch which is great which helps um Again, so that's not like an endorsement of juice cherries, although I will say this. When I talk about fundamentals, uh, I recall a game that my son's team looked terrible. They're, they had two teams, a red team and a white team. Uh, and, and as it was put in the first time I ever was there, it was the red team are D1 kids. The, the white team is is not D1 kids, D3, whatever. It didn't mean you were pigeonholed. You could move up, you could move down. I saw players move up, move down, but they that's how they put it. They put the, the red team in the tougher brackets to play the top teams, and they put the white team in a different bracket that played teams that were at their level. Um, as I've said before, um, Mike Chanichak from, uh, from Long Island Express, he said every game he wants to win or lose 6-5 to five because he wants the games to be good because it's about – letting coaches see how these kids do against other players of their skill. Um, but I do recall that the, 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 my son's team was, they did not look good. And then there was a practice the next week, and, you know, I had to drive up from Detroit, and there were weekend practices. It was like training camp. And I think at one point Chris Garland, Coach Garland, I think he just said, okay, everyone start playing catch. And, you know, they're doing the simple playing catch. And he said, we're going to play catch for an hour because you guys couldn't catch the ball. And again, as a parent, I love that. Not every parent does. So that's, that's what we're talking about. There are other, there are other programs that, have, that are do everything. There are other programs that um, will focus almost exclusively on getting better. But they might not play in NLF tournaments, which which is, I would say, the peak top tournaments are NLF tournaments. Um, they usually have Team 91, Midwest Express, West Coast Stars. I mean, there's a, there's a coalition of great teams that are loaded with D1 players, and, and, and you try to aspire to get in those tournaments. Um, I think some of that's changing. I don't know if, you know... There's that. Then there's, there's the national all-star teams, and there's the uh, Under Armour all-star team, and then there are uh, different um, uh, showcases. Some are better than others. Some teams have better connections to get you into that showcase. So these are all parts of the thing that go on in club. And like I said, uh, a club should be, if you're on that team, like, I heard someone say this last year, like, they sat on the bench in the whole game on a club team, and I said, that's that's terrible. Um, everyone should be playing on a club team, to the point where it might even be complete equal time, like timing it, um, because you are paying them money to get yourself access to get to, to play with other teams, and... If you're not playing, they're playing to win, and you're giving them money to make their team better, as opposed to you're giving them money to help get your son better, get your son ready for college, get your son ready for high school. Again, name on the front, name on the back. Um, And it's a lot of money, so it does take a lot of uh, investigations, Uh, you know, and Teams are changing, coaches are changing, coaches leave, coaches start other things. I think a lot of times what happens is you will see a team that's considered a very good team and a lot of kids don't make that team, and then they say, we're going to go and have somebody else start another team. That's fine. There's no problem with that. Um, I think there's a big problem with teams bashing other teams. I have heard it. I've had it said to me. I've had parents come up and say to me. I've seen letters written to players about other teams. I think that's um, uh, a little low rent. I've had the conversation with coaches. I actually think I had uh, a round table at one point discussing coaches saying, oh, we lose players. They're not your players. They're They're going where they think is best. Now, again, do I think that's the smartest move? Maybe, but mostly not. Um, the grass is not always greener. I've, my son has played for a, countless club teams because we had a weird situation. We lived in Illinois. We played for Team 1, which I loved. Great program. Loved it. Rob Snyder, John Combs. Loved it. Great players. Um, We decided we were moving. Team 1 wasn't in Indiana, um, but we knew that True was. So we played for True Illinois, so there would be some um, continuity when we moved. So we played with True Illinois. Played with a lot of great kids. A lot of this is how I got to know all these parents because I'm playing with North, North Shore kids and then uh, West Suburb kids because it seemed a little more West Suburb. So we went over there and played for True Illinois. Had a great time. Moved to Indiana. Played for True Indiana. True Indiana wasn't as good as True Illinois. Um, there wasn't enough kids. It's not as big. It wasn't as big when we got here. I think there were 13 kids at one of the practices. Uh, and that's I didn't like that. Um, I knew of Juice Cherries. I sent them up there to Juice Cherries to try out. Again, I wasn't afraid to drive anywhere. This is what I was doing. This was fine. Drove up to Juice Cherries. There was a hundred kids in the class of twenty-one trying out. A hundred. I mean, it was like the biggest thing. I'm like, Dude. and I remembered looking at my son and saying, "You're probably not going to make this team." Uh, and he was like, "Yeah, I know." And he made it. Um, but that was, that was that. And then he played a couple years. And then he had a bad injury. Um, couldn't try out for Juice Cherries. Now, that's one of the things with Juice Cherries. And again, I, I don't know if this is bad or good. Again, remember, I do love these guys. And again, I, huge fans of them. But they are this way if you're going to play for Juice Cherries, you're committing to Juice Cherries. This isn't, oh, I'm gonna go play soccer uh, and then I'm gonna miss for practice. I'm gonna do the if you're committing to juice cherries, you need to commit to juice cherries. I knew that I couldn't commit to juice cherries because my son was injured. We didn't even know if he was ever gonna play again. We didn't know if he was gonna be able to walk for a year because of the surgery that he might have had to have had. And so I knew that it wasn't going to happen. And I knew that would they would not hold a spot for him. They just wouldn't. And I don't have a problem with that. So we didn't play for Juice Cherries. He found out um, later in the year that he didn't need the surgery and he can go and, and, and uh, play. And again, Midwest Express had just started. Mark Brutich, who I knew very well, said, hey, does Mikey want to come and play for us? And I said, sure, that was great. We went to an NLF tournament that fall where he could barely run. He was completely out of shape. We saw Coach Jay Kenney. From Juice Cherries, my son was very nervous, like, oh my God, I'm nervous, you know, like a kid would be. And Jake Kenny went over to him and said, hey, good luck. I'm, I, I wish you nothing but the best. I thought that was a class act. I thought that was a class thing. Those things stick with me. So, again, the club season's starting. Do your due diligence. Ask other parents. Have your kids ask the other players. Just follow along. You'll get an idea of what you want. Um, and again, if you need a question, feel free to reach out to me. And again, I'm just going to ask you these things. What are you looking for? Uh, there, are, uh, there are more choices now that are good choices in the Midwest than there's ever been. You could find every type of tournament. You could find every type of team. Um, everything. You, everywhere. I mean, there are, so, there are great programs. Uh, Blackjack, Haymaker, uh, Burning River, Resolute, L4, Stickheads. I'm just going right through it. True, Midwest Express origins. Team One, Team Illinois East Avenue, which is part of Team Illinois. They, uh, just um, Great Lakes. I'm I'm, I'm I'm blanking on a few of them. Vipers. Um, again, the, there are so many choices in each state. That you could play for. There are also choices you could go and play for. A West Coast Stars. Michael Bame and a couple of the guys from San Ignatius played for West Coast Stars. I know kids who played for. Um, uh, I'm blanking on all the. I'm blanking on all the teams that played for. You know, just one-off teams that go to tournaments. There is everything you want. It's a matter of knowing what you want and knowing where your child fits in. And again. Being honest with yourself is one of the most important things, too. Being honest and knowing what level you should be at. Um, because I can tell you this. I have seen kids who, and we're going back to the have fun pink part. You could tell there are kids who weren't having fun. They just weren't having fun. Um, and that's rough. That's rough. I mean, my son last year on one game, I just looked at him I said, What's going on? I said, "Are you enjoying it?" And he's like, "I don't even care anymore." You know, he was beat up and he's had injuries, and he's like, "I don't, I don't care." And I said, "Oh, okay." And again, for people who are new and don't know my what, I, what I I said I owe lacrosse more than it can ever give me back, and it has nothing to do with the actual game. It has to do with lacrosse gave me an opportunity for the last 10 years of my son and my life that we traveled together, we went places together, we ate together, talked together, slept in the same room together. I got to know every deep, dark fear, every question. Every, I mean, every. you're on a road for 10 hours with your old man, you got nowhere to go. So that's why I do what I do is because I owe lacrosse. And travel across was a big part of it because those were the road trips. And that's why I do it. So again, you don't want your kid to be miserable playing. And my son was honest enough that he knew that he could sit there and say, Dad, I've had enough. And I said, okay. And he, and he was upset. And he, I, he's like, are you mad? And I said, how could I ever be mad? I said, look at what we've done. Look where we've gone. I mean, we've gone to, jeez, 50 different restaurants. We love going out to eat. He's eating like a king. I mean, uh, there's no price you could put on it, in my mind. Because here's now what's going to happen. In six months, my son's leaving home to go to college, along with a lot of your kids. And I know this. I know my son, that any question, or any fear, or any issue he might have, we've talked about. He's going off into the world, which is a little crazy right now. He's going off, and because of lacrosse, I think he's as, pre- as prepared as an 18-year-old young man could be because of the time we spent because of lacrosse. Um, and again, that's what I got out of it, and I hope everyone gets that out of it. It's If your kid goes and plays D1 at the highest level, wonderful. Wonderful. If he doesn't play lacrosse again and you had the experience I had, wonderful. But it's about the growth of your kid. That's what I believe it is. That's why I'm a parent talking about this. I'm not a coach. I don't, I don't hammer on one thing. It's about the growth of your child because this is only the beginning of their life. They have a whole life ahead of them. You don't want them jaded because of what happened there. You want them to be able to be ready to go, learn how to take on competition, learn how to lose to learn how to win. That's what I'm about. That's what I care about. I care about watching the young men compete because you can see a lot about a parent. You can see a lot about a kid. You can see the kid who's, smashing the stick on the ground after everything and you go well that's oh he you know you got one person he's a competitor i said no he doesn't know how to win he doesn't know how to lose you know you got to take that and make it your fire um and again a lot of those things college coaches see that they don't like to see uh stomping of the feet or the hands up or any of that they're like this You know That's not the right thing. There are a lot of bad habits that kids are going to have to break to go play at the next level, and the coaches will break them if you're playing at the next level. But anyway, I digress. I'm talking too much. Last week I went way over. It's very easy for me to do that. Um, So hopefully uh, I actually just got a text message from the neighbor. I don't know what it said, so I'm about to, after I get done with this recording, I will find out more. I will probably tweet about it. You will probably hear about it. But as it stands right now, I am on the road tomorrow to Cleveland, then to Cincy, then to Michigan, then to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, that's a lot of driving, but it's a lot of fun. That it is, It's a lot of fun. Um, so, again, um, I had a blast, as I always do. The show will start Wednesdays from now on. Please, if you like it, if you like my show, and you want it to help me grow, please tell other people about it. Please tweet about it, please, you know, and I know a lot of people, my wife was just with me at a game the other day, and someone came up and just said, hey, love listening to your show, great job, great, and she's like, well, I said, this happens a lot. It really does make me happy, it makes me proud that people listen uh, to my rambling, um, sometimes incoherent thoughts, but again, uh, I enjoy doing it, if you enjoy listening, I wouldn't do it if you didn't enjoy it. So uh, please keep listening. Please tell others. Please follow me on Twitter, uh, at OneManRide. Uh, if you need to reach me, at OneManRide.net is my... Um, OneManRide.net is my... Or MFW at OneManRide.net is my email. Um, and just reach out. Or if you see me, come and ask me a question. I mean, that's, that's what we do. So... Uh, Until next week, peace.